Lord and Worship. To you. God is speaking directly to you. He is going to flow through those who submit to him. Number one, you're going to renew your mind with the word of God every day. Number two, you're going to put some of it in your heart. You're going to memorize a few scriptures. Okay. Number three, you're going to worship him with that word. Right? That's why we do that four times a week on this show. And then the fourth thing is you're going to literally spend time with him alone. We want to literally see his power flow through us in this time. So if you're going to do that, you, you, you need to get close to him. That's why we worship Monday, Thursday on praise and prayer, and Friday and Sunday on word and worship. To you, God is speaking directly to you. All right, here we are. We got a new intro there. Uh, we're working on a couple of things here, but it's awesome. We got um, December, Friday, December eighth, and we are going to be digging into to John sixteen. Oh, I do see, but Gus saw it now. Awesome, he made it. <laughs> I know Gus has had a rough week, but it's awesome to have him here. I'm moving some stuff around, but let's uh, bring Gus on and let's talk a little bit about uh, John sixteen. Gus, how are you doing? <laughs> Oh, I'm doing pretty good, Rick. Pretty good. Oh, thank you so much. Do you, do, you, do you mind open us up in prayer? Mm-hmm. I'd love to. All right. Father, we thank you once again, Lord, that every time we get to come together like this and break bread, the bread of life, and share your word with each other, Lord, and just uh, spend time with you, Lord, and get intimate with you, we, we just so appreciate it. We pray, Lord, we invite your Holy Spirit. We know your Holy Spirit's within us, but we just pray for an extra saturation of the Holy Spirit across the across the transmission lines out to everyone within the sound of our voices. Lord, fill us, Rick and myself, with an extra dose, Lord. Everything that comes forth from our mouths, Lord, comes from you, Lord. Help us to yield to you so that it's you speaking to the masses and not us, Lord. We're just the vehicles. We are... You are the potter and we are the clay, Lord. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. All right. I do have a babysitting duties with my grandkids tonight, so we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, make sure we cut this off uh, right before six thirty CST. So we're gonna get moving right now. I think we'll start actually with some teaching, and then we'll get into some beautiful music. Um, right now, what we're gonna be digging into is the book of John. Let me grab this uh, right screen up here. And this is John 16. So we went through uh, two weeks ago when we were back live, we went through the first 18 verses or so, right? To first 15 verses. Now we're going, we're starting on verse 16. Your sorrow will turn into joy. I'll read this first part and Gus, you can uh, comment on this. Uh, a little while, this is Jesus speaking, obviously red letters, right? A little while, and you will see me no longer. And again, a little while, you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me. And again, a little while, you will see me. And because I'm going to the Father? So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he's talking about. (laughs) Any thoughts on that part, uh, Gus? 
Uh, really, I just saw it. You know how the Holy Spirit drops something in your spirit new sometimes, you know? But, of course, he was talking about he's going to suffer the, the cross, right? He hasn't been crucified yet here. No, yeah, you're right. He's going to suffer the cross. He's going to be uh, crucified. He's going to be buried. He's going to raise again. So they'll see him then. But then he's going to go and see the right hand of the Father. So that that's a little while there, like while he's down preaching to everyone in Hades from Christ's time back to the beginning, giving them the opportunity of the gospel. And then he rose from the dead. And they say that there were several others that rose with him and walked around in the earth for 40 days and 40 <laughs> nights in that time. Yeah. Uh, so he wasn't the only one. And he was witnessed by 500, over 500 people, I think the Bible says, that... Uh, that saw him ascend into heaven. But the notion that just hit me was, he left us after that. And in his speaking, because a day to the Lord is a thousand years and a thousand years is a day. So maybe he's referring to the time where he's gone away now, he's here in spirit, but we're gonna see him return again. So it's like a dual, it's like two, two elements to that little while, I think. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just uh, realized I had this on the wrong the setting. I was trying to zoom in on you. There you are. <laughs> I'm going to fix this while I'm here because I want to use this uh, in the in a little bit in the future, so that Gus looks nice and good here, and then uh, expand him out. Well, the a little picture bit. looks all right. I don't know yeah. what I look like. <laughs> that that didn't work. I was trying to make it as big as possible, but we'll 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 mess with that a little bit later. Um, but that is, that is, uh, I, I love it. So what, what I love to do, as you know, is jump to other scriptures that are kind of related mm -hmm. to this, right? So we see this, your sorrow will turn into joy. And they're, they're saying, what is this that he says? And we see that in other parts too. Mark nine thirty two, he says, but they did not understand the saying and they were afraid to ask him. So there may have been some time between what we just read and what we're going to see Jesus actually tell them, right? We see that mm -hmm. from Mark nine thirty two. We see here. Uh, we see here also in Mark ten nine. It says so they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what this rising from the dead might mean. So Jesus was teaching them along the way, but they they didn't understand everything, obviously. And this is one key part they they, they just didn't even understand at all, right? And um, mm. and verse eighteen says we do not know what he is talking about, right? We see that again in John uh, in, in, in several places in John sixteen, as we dig into this. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and go here. This is, this is a, so they were saying, what does he mean? A little while, and the guys just I just want to show you my trick. When you come over here and you hit cross references on Bible Gateway, I love this part. This is where I can actually research this. So I can go to verse 18 and say, what do we not know what he is talking about? Jesus, and so this is a, then you click on this, and it's going to show you another verse where it's talking about that, right? John 14, 5, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know what you are going, where are you going? How can we know the way? Right? So there's three different examples of them all going, what are we, what are you talking about, Lord? As a, and I think that's a kind of some, Gus, I don't know about, but it's like a teaching moment, if you will. I'm going to turn these cross references off because hopefully I won't mess up like I did that last time on, on going forward. But you can see that these cross references are a powerful way to really get to know his word. And I'm going to refresh just to get rid of those cross references real quick. But there, there is a, you know, two, two things that we sow. There's probably a, a, 
period of time between when he was talking about this and when he's going to answer them. And next we see him answer the question right here. Do you want to go ahead and read this, Gus? Sure. Oops. Uh, let's see, where are we starting on 19? 19, yeah. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying a little while and you will not see me, and again a little while and you will not see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn to joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has sorrow because her hour has not come. Because she has sorrow because her hour, hour has come, but when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Right. Probably so also, go, yeah, go ahead. Go on. Yeah, I think so. Go ahead. So also, you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. In that day, you will ask nothing. You will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Woo! Mm. So here's, you know, they're sitting there going, we're we're afraid to ask him. What does he mean by this? They're all talking together. And finally, he just, boom, says it pretty darn clearly, right, (laughs) Gus? Yeah, I can imagine Jesus standing there saying, oh, boys, what are you all talking about behind your back? You know, (laughs) what are you murmuring about over there? Here we go again. He's having to explain something to them. But, you know, they didn't have the Holy Spirit here yet either. So, you know, that's how we understand the mysteries too now is because the Holy Spirit reveals these things to us mm-hmm. and unlocks those mysteries. So he's patient with them. Yeah. And, and of course, the world was happy when he was crucified because they thought he was gone. And they were sad because they thought he was gone. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the joy was filled when he rose from the dead. Amen. It's like our joy is going to be full when he returns to us. Exactly. If you go back to 20, it's interesting. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament. So this is right. Obviously, he's talking about the crucifixion for those three days. Mm-hmm. But the world will rejoice. That is a, that's kind of what we're dealing with, right? And if you look at um, it, it, w- w- this world will rejoice, Revelation 11.10 showing us. And those who dwell on earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents. This is after the two witnesses get killed, right? Because of the two prophets who had been tormented to those who dwell on the earth. But you see this, we're not of the world. The world's going to rejoice over horrible things, right? They're going to rejoice over the crucifixion of Christ. They're going to rejoice over the two witnesses being killed in the future, right? And we see, uh, though, that that doesn't end there, does it? Does it? Because what happens, we see, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. That's what I named this episode. Sorrow into joy, right? And we see that, obviously, in multiple places. Jeremiah 31, 13 says, then, you sh- then the young women rejoice in the dance, and the young men 
and the old shall be merry. I will turn their mourning into joy. I will comfort them and give them gladness for sorrow. And obviously that's uh, repeated several times, but that's a, that's a beautiful time it's going to be. It was for them, right? Jesus clearly telling what's mm-hmm. going to happen here in just a few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I imagine they thought about that during mm-hmm. those three days quite a few times, mm-hmm. wondering, is he really coming back? Is, is what's going to happen, you know? Because yeah. it was a trying of their faith, just like we're tried so many times by our faith. Yes. Any situation, any dark situation we might get into, it's our faith that brings us through. And faith is the substance of things hoped for. I'm sure they were hoping he was going to come back. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's okay. necessary we go through these things to, to, to really evaluate ourselves and, and how much we truly believe in him. And he and he really kind of go into more depth as well as as he goes through the explanations here in twenty two he says so also you have sorrow now right so he's but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice right so the the whole thing about your hearts will rejoice is back in Luke twenty four fifty two and they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. This is after they see him. This is the fulfillment of that prophecy, right? They're going to actually see 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 him uh, on the on the road. They're going to go, "Oh my goodness, this was Jesus talking to us." Let's go back to Jerusalem, and they're going to have great joy. And that's a the beautiful part about having uh, your hearts will rejoice. So Jesus, Jesus, this is the creator of the universe. He's all knowing, right? He knew it was going to happen exactly. Um, Can you just imagine, Rick? The like the sheer joy and just whatever emotions were going through them when he returned, when he rose from the dead. No one had ever seen anybody rise from the dead <laughs> up yeah. to that point. And to have that happen after that, you know, after all that sorrow and everything, and he likens it to a woman giving birth, you know. Mm-hmm. But then once the baby's born, once he returns, it's like you forget about all that sorrow because now here we are. Yes. He conquered the grave, as we talk about, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And verse 24 says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you receive that your joy may be full. Ask and you receive. It sounds familiar to Matthew 7, 7 gets into that, where Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. You know, Jesus is just, uh, he's encouraging, right? He tells the truth. You're going to (laughs) be, things are going to be horrible. But you know what? The kingdom of God's coming. The kingdom of God is near. Um, I think I'm going to put deepness there just now. Um, yeah. Go ahead. See, Jesus, we got to remember that Jesus is the word of God from the beginning. So right now they're sitting here and Jesus came. Uh, most of these men, they were Jews. They followed the Torah which is the word of God. But now he's saying until now, and I always say when he says, whatsoever you ask in in my name. And you know, I always go to Revelation, was it 1913? It says, and there was a name written across the sky and it was the word of God. So Jesus is synonymous with the word of God. And he's saying until now you've asked nothing in my name because he had never come in the flesh. What he's doing, he's showing them where their authority is and their power is, is in the word of God, in his name. We ask 
the Father in the Word as according to the Word. Now, if we ask the Father according to some loony doctrine that doesn't align with the Word of God, He's not going to answer us. But if whatsoever you ask in my name, in my Word, in the name of Jesus, in the Word of God, He will give it to you. So, yeah, he's expressing to them right there the authority that they now have because of what he's doing. Yes, amen. I don't know if everybody can follow me on that, but I yes. just saw Revelation. Now, exactly right. The, the authority of Christ is uh, actually imparting on us, and uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit, where just when he talks about in John fourteen twelve, one of my favorite verses, that truly, truly I say to you, Whoever believes in my name will do the works that I do. Can you imagine doing the works of Jesus? Mm. And it doesn't stop there. Do he it. says, and greater well, works than these will he do. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to the Father. What's that really mean? It means that the, that Holy Spirit has given us has massive authority. Right? So don't underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah. With that, we're going to raise a hallelujah. How's that? <laughs> Get into some praise and prayer. And uh, Gus, you want to start reading the top and I'll read the bottom? Yeah, because i got to grab my glasses here in a minute. Okay, okay. I'll give you those little ones. Better off reading a white part. Uh, first line is, we raise a hallelujah. You going to read the blue? Yep, there we go. Hallelujah, meaning a joyous praise and song. And Yah refers to Yahweh, God. So you put those together and, and hallelujah means we joyfully praise God in song. And that's beautifully said right here in Psalm 95 1. It says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Amen. And in the presence of our enemies, it's the second verse. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overfloweth. Psalm mm -hmm. 23 5. And our third highlight here is our weapon is our melody yes he who pointed those who were to sing to the lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army that's right the, the praise band before the army and when they began to sing and praise the lord set an ambush against the men who had come against judah so they were routed they all helped to destroy one another that's what the that's what the deep state's going to do 2 Chronicles 20, 21-23. Amen. And the fourth verse we want to highlight here is, Heaven comes to fight for me. You shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 3.22. Let's raise a hallelujah. Let's do it. Hallelujah Louder than the unbelief 
last enemy to be destroyed by death is death. my enemies. You know what? My head with the oil. My cup overflows.
All right. We've got this one fixed. We didn't have the lyrics on it in the latest version that we were messing with, but this one has it. So uh, this says, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. The picture is a blur. We can't read it or see it. Blur. Interesting. It's odd because it... Oh, I know why. That might be because I have my background effects on or something. Let me see if that see if there's a background effect on. It is. Sorry about that. Sometimes it was part of the picture. Sometimes it was all. Yeah, that was my blur effect of Zoom. So (laughs) I got to quit using this machine for my regular Zoom calls. (laughs) It blurs pretty good. So (laughs) that (laughs) off. Okay, so. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father, Romans 8.15. Then the second thing the song talks about says, I am surrounded by songs of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears are gone. And Psalm 32.7 says, you are my hiding place. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Yes, and the third part of the song talks about you split the sea so I could walk right through it. And my fears were drowned in perfect love. Amen. And Exodus 14, 21, 22 says, Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the Lord drove back the sea. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. Amen. Amen. From my mother's womb, you have chosen me. And for you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. So he knew us before we were born. And that's Psalm 139, 13. Yes. And the next next verse talks about we are fearfully and wonderfully made. <laughs> So remember, we have no fear. Why? We're no longer slaves to fear. Fear and love, but perfect love drives out fear.
But all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. who did receive him, who believed in his name. He gave the right to become children of God. All right, I'm going to get to that in a second because I want to dig back into some more scripture here as we dig into, again, chapter 16 and the last half of it. We did the first half of it a couple of weeks ago. So if you want to go back to that, you can see it there. 
Um, so here we are. We just got through that your sorrow will turn to joy. That's why we we're singing about raise a hallelujah. And uh, we're no longer a slave to fear because our sorrow will turn into joy. This chapter ends talking about I have overcome the world. You want to read this part, uh, Gus? You're muted right now. Verse 25. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. That could have two meanings as well. And in that day you will ask in my name, and I will do not and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and I have believed that I came from God and have believed that I came from God. A first day reading here. I came from the Father and I have come into the world and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. Hmm. Yes. It's interesting how, uh, you know, so he, he's just further clarifying everything here, right? Uh, verse 27, uh, where it talks about going to the Father, right? Is It was interesting, as I just looked at uh, 1412, where you say, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. We were talking about this earlier, right? And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Right? So that's how important it was for him to go back to the Father. He knew that he had an objective here to expose the Pharisees, expose the Sadducees, expose the religious spirit, right? And really sh tell people about the, the set the captives free because we know the kingdom of God is coming. Right? That's what Holy talks about in Isaiah when he read that verse of what he actually was coming to do. And that's a big part of what he's trying to tell us, I believe, is that... Um, he came from God, and he believed us, but he's going to the Father. Yeah, and I think there's a big fulfillment that had to take place here, too. Because hey, Gus, you're really low now. I don't know if you could talk a little bit louder into the into the microphone. I don't know why it went lower. How about that? Is it louder? Yeah, that worked. That's better? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, there's a fulfillment that had to take place here where Jesus had to put his blood see in, in the old testament remember moses met god on the mount and he made the tabernacle in the wilderness after the things that, that he saw on the mount in other words there is a tabernacle and he, he tailored it just like the one in heaven so there is a mercy seat in heaven and jesus had to put his blood apply it to the mercy seat uh and then be seated at the right hand of the father in order to release the holy spirit to us so that's why he had to go to the Father as well. Mm -hmm. And when he talks about, uh, I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father, there is a period after this where he starts talking real plainly to them. But also I think that once we, re like I was saying earlier, once we receive the Holy Spirit, it's like 
he's like the the decoder ring it's like mm -hmm. when you read the scriptures the holy spirit just gives you a revelation of their meaning not all at once but that's why it's important for us to all share with each other and everything but uh it's it's the holy spirit that unlocks the mysteries the mysteries that they couldn't unlock from since the beginning of time all the word that was spoke before that because jesus had to come and fulfill mm -hmm. the scriptures yeah, in fact, you're just getting into what he was saying is that finally he starts talking and he's actually, and he, they say just what you just talked about. His disciples said, ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, do you not know, now believe? Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm. Anything about that, Gus? Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, because if we walk in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Uh, another scripture in Isaiah says, Great peace have they whose mind is stayed on him. So when we're focused on him and in him, and we truly believe we're not going to be in fear, the world's not going to be able to affect us. We're not going to, you know, he says, My sheep hear my voice and will not listen to the voice of a stranger. So you're not going to listen to anything that's going to to upset you or, or put you in fear or anguish or anything like that you're going to live in his peace um. mm -hmm. and you can tell that uh, just like we were talking about before there was probably time between when he was talking about all these things and then finally he actually explained it to him right same here he said he's even said right here when john right that 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 their their, their hour is coming um that, that i'll no longer speak to you in figures of speech there's probably some time before he they, they basically said, oh, now you're speaking to us without that figures of speech, so we know. And this is when they became extremely confident. They go, now you pulled all the picture together. Thank you. And so this may have been a, a, a time frame of, of quite some time before that happened. Uh, but we see here in verse 33, this is uh, one of my memory verses. It's a beautiful one to think about. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. So are you going to have peace in this world without Jesus? Probably not, right? It's pretty clear there that he's telling us how to have peace in this world. And it's in Christ. It's in Christ we stand, right? In this world, you will have trouble, is what um, the NIV says. The tribulation, this says, right? You're going to have trouble and tribulation in this world. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Well, wow, what a beautiful verse! If, if you know, if you're looking at different memory verses, this is one I would suggest. John six thirty three. Amen. 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 Dan, and in another parts where this talks about, uh, in me you have peace. You see that in Colossians three fifteen too. It says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. So we can be massively thankful for just uh, allowing the privilege of being living in these times, first the New Testament times, the new promises, right? And know that he is in us. That's that Holy Spirit. 
And that's been squelched, I believe, over these last 2,000 years. Um, we really haven't used that authority and power that he's given us that we just talked about in John 14, 12, where we'll do the works of Jesus and greater works even, right, as we come together as the body of Christ. And I believe that's happening right before our eyes right now. In this time, such a time as this, you are seeing the body of Christ coming together and start to unify as this remnant. And then it's going to be an amazing time. And I would I, agree. I would agree, Rick, that, you know, in times of trouble, we call on his name. And we're certainly living in trouble. It's troublesome times right now. Yeah. So people are pulling together. And I think, I think he's, it's, we're in the period of time where he's lifting the veil a little more for more to see as well. And of course, as more of us awaken and share the gospel and show them, it's just his kingdom is expanding here on earth. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, when he says, I've overcome the world, another, that just reminds me, another memory verse is 1 John 4, 4, where it says, little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And we know who he who is in the world is, right? That Satan and his mm-hmm. dominions and all. You know, he only could be in one place at one time. Just remember that. Satan can be in one place at one time. So he had to marshal all these evil fallen angels or demons, right? And then he had to get them to co influence people that he could make evil. So he's got evil people that are just puppets and he's got evil demons and he's got himself, but he can only be in one place at one time. And all these people can only be in one place at a time. And what can God do by himself? He can be everywhere, anywhere he wants to be, all at the same time. That's called omnipresence. That's why he just sits in heaven and laughs when they're trying to do evil things. Because he wants to completely take over the world and destroy us all, his children. And once God decides no, he just has to move his little finger. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. But he is yeah, much really, greater. Uh, you could say, Rick, that um, you could say that of Jesus when he was here on earth. Uh, he could heal where he was at and he could probably transport him place, from place to place. But it's like when he was crucified, died, buried, and rose and ascended to heaven. Now it's like the Word and the Spirit are married as one again. And now he's everywhere. He's, it's like Jesus on the cloud, so to speak. You know, everybody, he's available to everybody. We can all hook up to his internet. Yeah. Which is way better than the enemy's internet. <laughs> the enemy just copies what God does, right? Right. Yeah, and I just think that for us in this time to really make sure that we're part of the remnant and we're coming together, right, that we really need our hearts right. And um, and if we get our hearts right, uh, amazing things will happen. I think part of this delay that we felt, right, has been part of him waiting for his body to come together and all our hearts mm. to align, right? And, um, you know, so that'd be a good time to, to maybe dig into a song called Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. This uh, song starts with "Open the eyes of my heart, Lord." It does it says having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of which he has He has called you, and that's Ephesians one and eighteen a. 
Yeah, Ephesians 1 through 4 just are beautiful, talking about your calling. Understand what your calling is. He's called you to something. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. And we've got Isaiah 57, 15 says, For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy, and... He, Jesus, was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his garments became as white as light. And that's Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. It says, pour out your power and love. And Ephesians 1, 19 says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his great might? And also we have 1 John 4, 8 tells us anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. And we sing holy, holy, holy. And holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. That's Isaiah 6 and 3. And then Revelations 4, verse 8 is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Amen. So if we want to get totally united, we need to have him open the eyes of our heart.
pause it for a second as uh, the memory and the computers have an issue. Let's uh, keep going here. Hopefully this uh, machine will continue to hum as we know we've upgraded it all um, but you want to read the first part there Gus and I'll do the scriptures this time oh, sorry you're you're muted again <laughs> I can't remember to unmute myself tonight for some reason <laughs> no problem first thing first I seek your will, not my own. But seek the, first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. That's Matthew 6.33, another great memory verse. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Psalm 119.105. And the second line we're going to highlight is, to live your truth, walk your ways, all my desires reversed. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. 1 John 2, 17. In our third verse here is all things I held dear, what to do if they all disappeared. Riches and fame never satisfy. What would I gain if my soul's the price? Yeah, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth. Lay up treasures in heaven. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world 
yet forfeits his soul. Matthew 16, 26. And number four is, I don't want to love what the world loves or chase what the world does. I only want you. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 1 John 2.15 For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. 1 John 5.4 You want to overcome the world? Well, just be born of God. Be in Christ. Remember, put Him first. All the things that I've held The vanities that whispered in my ear what would I do if they all disappeared? The fame and all that they could buy I've come to find satisfied What would I gain if my soul surprised? I don't want to love what the world loves I don't want to chase what the world does
this is the way and the truth and the life. And uh, how awesome is that? Uh, thank that you, brilliant. Elizabeth, uh, back there in Australia dancing. We have Annette and Monica and Jeremiah and Linda all uh, on. It's so fun to to be worshiping with you all. I know I have to cut a little bit short t- tonight. We, we, we finished most uh, all of chapter 16. We're going to chapter 17 next Friday night. Um, and uh, But I did want to open it up to see if there's any discussions backstage or any questions about what this scripture talks about. I'll bring it up here, here right now again just to summarize a little bit of this scripture. But uh, that was 1 John 4, 4. But if you go back to this, this, you see this talked about your sorrow will turn into joy. And Jesus talking about telling his disciples, you're going to have a horrible time because you've been living with me for three years. And they're going to actually string me up and hang, hang me in the, on the cross, right? Um, but you are going to have joy when you see me again. All right? And that's the resurrected Christ they got to see. Boy, was that joyful. And we're going to see a lot of this as well. Remember, the world rejoiced when that happened. The world's going to rejoice when the two witnesses get executed, right? But we are going to see beautiful joy, especially in Revelation. What's going to happen? We're going to have a new heaven, a new earth. And so there's an awesome amount of joy there. Any any comments you have, uh, Gus, on your sorrows were turned into joy? I think we've about covered all the bases. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's just so awesome to, to, to do that. And then the other thing we hear was, I have overcome the world. This is a, one thing to just understand as well, is that he's not coming and just changing the world and making it perfect. He's a letting Satan rule and uh, testing us and growing us. And uh, we can have the abundant life with the horrible world going on, right? That's what this is all about. The abundant life is not everything's perfect. Right? The abundant life is having peace in the turmoil. Right, That's why it talks about being in Christ. And when everything is going havoc where the average person would be in a in a you know on heavy drugs <laughs> or in a sane asylum, you know, you are actually in peace. That's the peace that transcends all understanding. You got any other thoughts on I have overcome the world, Gus? Um well, what scripture came to me is in Hebrews where it talks about all our lives we were in bondage for fear of death. So now think about it. No one's ever died and come back again. So now they see that he's conquered death hill and the grave. So what a joy that is. Yeah. To know though we be killed we'll still yet we shall live in him, you know. So that's that's a pretty joyous thing, I think. <laughs> All right, that's you know. good. Good. All right, hey, we're adjusting it with this a brand new computer. It's a much more powerful computer that's supposed to have massive memory. Um, but I really would love feedback on what the sound was like, what our uh, both from the music and also Gus and I speaking, right? Because um, it's a little bit different on Rumble versus Zoom. So give me give me feedback right now on chat if you don't mind. Those of you who can to let us know uh, the music sound. And then also uh, Gus and I speaking sound, right? As we're adjusting things, we're going to make this a, an awesome program going forward. Remember, Word and Worship is every Friday and Sunday. And uh, we're looking so forward for you guys to come on. Um, I want to just open it up to any any uh, comments that anybody backstage had. They uh, just put raise your hand or just unmute. We just would like to talk to see if you guys have any thoughts back there. Um, or type type uh, also on on 
um, actual the live chat and rumble. We'd love we'd love to do that as well. We'll pray out before we do that. But any any thoughts from uh, any backstagers right now? I see a lot of discussion going on. Music on Zoom is a bit choppy. You guys are good. Just a couple of moments with Gus being a bit in and out. Okay, songs were choppy at times, and Gus was choppy at times. Yeah, so. We still have some memory issues in the in this new very expensive machine. Apple's going to get a going to have to replace it if they don't get this fixed. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll figure that out. Appreciate you guys giving me feedback on that though. But um, wanted to let you know, guys know. Hey, this is uh, we're going to have Word and Worship on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. where we're going to play this beautiful music, and uh, it was beautiful. The, was the music was perfect last night. That's what's weird about this. So. I had just upgraded the system, and uh, that, and and so why it's choppy now is interesting. It says, "Sound good on Rumble." Praise in the name of the Lord. All right, Jay Folkers Ma saying that uh, sounds good on his side on Rumble. That's that's good to hear. So um, and we'll we'll continue to adjust this. I rebooted right before we went and had to make sure it was clean. So I know the memory's clean starting it. And it seems to to le- be leaking as we as we go, but I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna end with one last song. See how this one plays. Um, we just uh, did we just did first things first. So we're just gonna we're just gonna end this with "Blessed be the name of the Lord." All right, guys, you want to read the first part, and I'll read the scriptures. Is that where we are, or was it opposite? Uh, I think so. Okay. You remember actually, but uh, I. I'm unmuted. Hey, how about that? I unmuted this time. <laughs> See if I was muted. <laughs> so number one is blessed be your name. Blessed be the That's name wrong. of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Psalm 113, 2 to 3. Actually, I think we might have been the other way, but oh well. Okay. <laughs> number two says, when I'm found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness... Blessed be your name. But rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. 1 Peter 4.13 Man. And number three is you give and take away. Yeah, this is Job 1, 21 and 22. And boy, did he get taken away, right? But then he was just blessed after that, right? The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Patience of Job. Amen. And finally, another long verse is, When the darkness closes in. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you were with me. Thank you, Lord, for being with us. Thank you that we can just say, Blessed be the name of the Lord in all our circumstances. Amen. Hallelujah.
Wow. I just turned off for me. What did it do for you guys? Turned off for us, too. Turned off. Yes. Stop right, I'm going to have to start singing if it doesn't keep playing. <laughs> yes, do It struggled a bit, but it's going. <laughs> Even when the music's struggling, we're going to bless his name. <laughs> Rise of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. All right, I'm going to go to a, a, this one's a, the music's really struggling, so I'm going to go all the way to Rick Transparent here to go to a different view. Um, how y'all doing? <laughs> different video, of different background, no music, so that uh, that's not struggling. But I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us on Praise and Prayer. And again, uh, we're continuing to add a ton of songs and huge, huge files into the system. But that should that this should have be many, plenty powerful enough. So be praying for us as we uh, finalize and get this all um, synced up. We will be uh, uh, on Sunday morning for praise and prayer at 10 a.m. CST, right? And then we also will be uh, um, praise and prayer Mondays and Thursdays. And then guests come on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. All this you can be backstage with us on Zoom, right? With with people like. Wano Savin coming up, uh, Amanda Grace. We've got uh, so many awesome guests coming up. With um, I'm trying to think of some other guests that are coming, but they're all, they're, they're, we, we're piling them up. Gus is putting them. Donna Rigby's going to be on for the first time. Beautiful prophet of the Lord. Um, that's going to be fun to have her on. She's she's like filled with the Holy Spirit right now. She was at the Opens the Heaven event and and was like almost like Barry a little bit. Uh, really was having trouble getting more than three sentences out without going woo <laughs> for the Holy Spirit just flowing through her. That's going to be fun to have um, have Donna on. And I was actually there and uh, we were had this what they called a a a prayer tunnel. So we all. Um, um, you know, where basically all the speakers are lined up and 
all everybody in the whole sanctuary it took took a, a, quite a time to go through the the prayer and all these prophetic people and this people full of the spirit were just pouring and, t- and touching touching these people that walk through and then i walked through it and at the end i got through um and uh we kind of broke up finally as everybody kind of uh went through this uh this holy spirit filled uh fire tunnel right yeah, this the Holy Spirit fire, and then then uh, I saw Donna over there just kind of uh, laughing at everything. She couldn't, she doesn't know what she's laughing at. And she's laughing all the time. That's what the Holy Spirit's done to her right now, and she's saying this is a prelude to the to what's going to happen. That we're going to go through this morning um, with this, you know, this horrible country and president and the cabal all over us and the medical cartel, and we're going to move into this joyous period. And she says she's a prelude to that. So it's real going to be a really exciting time as we move from from mourning to joy ourselves but it's also going to get really rough and we have to have that abundant life of that peace that transcends all understanding that's why it's really important that you're close to the lord like right now as we go through this so you can be an example and with that peace that transcends our understanding to all the people around us as we transition into that period of time but anyway so i so i went over to her and i said give me some of that holy spirit uh, fire i want some of that anointing and so i hugged her and i started praying i said well, you know i'm kind of being selfish so i said so I basically, I don't know what hit me, but I just said, uh, oh, Lord, just give Donna even more of this. Amplify it. And I put my hand on her head, and she went, <laughs> she fell down. <laughs> and she went over to the chair. She laid down back on the chair and just laughing again. And everybody was laughing around her. So it was just, it was a joyous time is what I'm trying to tell you. And uh, and, uh, and I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit's active. You remember I talked about in John 14, 12, truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in my name, will also do the works that I do. I believe we're starting to see that time. And then obviously he continues and says, and greater works than these will he do. So it's clearly saying that, just think of everything that that Jesus did. The the dead will rise again, right? Was one of the things, just pretty crazy. If you think about that, but he also said the blind will see, the deaf will speak, the mute will hear again, right? You're gonna have all this stuff. All this stuff is gonna happen. And we can look forward to that time period, and we're seeing the, the, this uh, increase of Holy Spirit presence happening right now, and the remnants starting to come together. And that's where the only way we can do greater works than Jesus is is when we have the body of Christ in unison working together. That bond of peace and and the spirit of unity is coming. Right? It, it talks about that's talked about in Ephesians four. Um, so we're looking so forward to that. We'll be talk. We'll be teaching on on Romans. We didn't went through Romans one through eight so far. So on Sunday morning we'll be going over Romans um, nine, um, another awesome chapter of uh, of a book that just talks about this new covenant and this uh, the the gospel in such an awesome way. So we can't wait to see you there. Uh, but with that, guys, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up with the backstagers wouldn't mind unmuting and saying goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Good We are neighbors, we believe, we are blessed to be free, to love our God.
Shalom. 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 Glad to see you again.